You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. Right, welcome into another edition of the Patriot Nation podcast. Of course, brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports wagering partner of CLNS Media. Go to fanduel.com slash Boston to sign up today. And it's your boy Pat Lane here, as always, with my guy Matt St. Jean. Matt, it is finally, finally, almost the offseason. One more football game to go. What's up, Dad? One more football game to go, and we are, uh, I'm ready for it. I am ready for the offseason. I don't know if it's just me, but I can't hear you. Are you serious? Are you serious? Oh, I got you now. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> it wasn't my headphones. It wasn't coming out of the speakers either. But hey, we're live. We're here. There we go. Sometimes that happens live. It's the way it goes. So, um, all right. Well, you know, I'm talking. People out there can hear me, I hope. I assume. I can hear me. So, yeah. and again, I got, I am I got you loud and clear now. I don't know. Okay, I heard you before the show. We started tonight. I had nothing, so I don't know what that was. But <laughs> all right, well, that's good to hear. Well, that's how we're doing right now, boys and girls. It's falling apart like the Patriot season right now. Um, oh man! And you know, but we're here. We're here. We're almost there. Uh, it's the way it goes. So, should we get into? Let's get into the coaching stuff first, and then we'll get into the we'll get into the, the game afterwards. Mike Pellegrino staying right. I think the offense is pretty much done at this point. Um, seems like the defense well, is everyone except for linebackers. Well, maybe we'll mm-hmm. under my tower. You never know. And then uh, I think running back is it running backs coach. I don't think I don't believe has been filled. And I think tight ends coach hasn't been filled. And yet. wide receivers and receiver. Yes, that's right. Yeah, those are the three. Um, and you know, I, I think we've seen Shadow Shea's name get floated out there just because yeah. he has the Browns connections and the New England connections. I don't know if there's any real traction to it. And Right. Um, the running backs coach, tight end coach, I think you can get those from a lot of different places. I think wide receivers coach is the one there where you're, you you really want to get that filled out. But yes, you, know, you got most of the leadership, most of the positions filled at this point. You feel good because I think I, I like the decision makers here. Um, I like where they're going with it. I feel confident. I like the front office ads that they made as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm liking it. And I, you know, it seems like it's pretty clear. Elliot Wolf, uh, they're not going to hand out the GM title, but uh, the guy at the head of the front office right now is Elliot Wolf. And I like that. I think there's kind of a common trend here of guys with New England connections, but who have some outside perspective. And I think that is exactly what we all wanted. Yeah, and I, I think that th- you're totally right about that. I'm excited to see where Wolf takes it. Um, I was nervous about, you know, it being just Gerard Mayo. But it's not. It, it feels like it's going to be a team approach and a team effort, but that Wolf is going to be the guy that's, that's calling the shots. And I think I prefer that to Mayo just because, you know, I think that it's a situation where, he has more experience evaluating talent, right? So, like, yeah. I want the guy that's that is an experienced, seasoned talent evaluator more than, hey, I like Gerard Mayo, leader of men. He's going to be, you know, 
the Dan Campbell, not that he's Dan Campbell, but he's going to be the Dan Campbell type of head coach where he's not necessarily an expert in anything, but he's the leader. He's the guy. He's the CEO, basically, letting the offense coordinator do his thing, letting the defense coordinator do his thing, and just kind of helping out in all facets of the game. And then the 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 team is kind of molded around what he wants. And I think that that's, I think at least, I'm way more excited about that than I was they were just going to say, oh, Mayo's just the guy and we're moving on. You know, I wasn't excited about that. I'm, I'm a little bit more intrigued about this iteration. Yeah, I am as well. And I like that it, it seems to be collaborative too. Um, I saw, I forget who it was who posted it, but uh, it might have been Andrew Callahan said that the four who have been there for the interviews too, for the coordinator positions, mm-hmm. it's been Gerard Mayo, Elliot Wolf, Matt Grow, and... Um, I'm totally forgetting her name. Robin Uh, Glazer. Glazer. Yep. Yeah. And that's like, all right, this seems that's that seems to be like the four that are heading this thing. You got the head coach, the guy who's running your front office and in charge of what seems like your veteran additions, the guy who's going to be behind your whole scouting operation. It looks like with Matt Grow. And I think Robin Glazer's exact role here is a little bit unclear, but she's been with the organization for a while. She's experienced on the business side and, uh, she may be in in some way based on you know what we've heard about her role in the past. She may almost be the the HR person of the group, yeah, to, to kind of handle the business it. side of hiring somebody as a coach because it is still a job. <laughs> this is right. a company hiring somebody. Yep. Yeah, and I you know I think the big thing for me and and you kind of mentioned it already. Like a lot of them are Patriots guys, but they also have experience elsewhere. Right? Wolf has dealt with a lot of these people in Green Bay, right? And so. They're kind of Green Bay people or they're people from different trees. And you're getting a lot of different types of people in. Now, I don't love Ben McAdoo. I don't I don't love Ben McAdoo. But, like, pairing him with Alex Van Pelt, I think, isn't a terrible thing. If we had hired Ben McAdoo as the offensive coordinator, I wouldn't be happy about it. I'd be very upset. Right? We hired him, you know, as a consultant or as, you know, an assistant. Right? And I think that that's, that's a whole new ball game, Right? And so you can look at it and say, okay, I don't mind that. And so, you know, look, it's not perfect. I'm sure there's going to be ups and downs and there's going to be warts. And, you know, I mean, I think Keegan was tweeted it out today. And he's like, look, the most of the staff is staying, right? Mike Pellegrino, they announced, was staying. Brian Belichick is staying, which is great. But I'll tell you, and he said, which he made a great point, which is true. Steve Belichick, gone. Bill Belichick, gone. Like, this defense has a lot of the same coaches in charge, which is great, and that's a good thing. Bill Belichick might be the greatest game planner in the history of the NFL. He's not there anymore, right? Steve Belichick's been calling the plays on defense. He's not there anymore, right? And so, and, and again, maybe Steve and, and Gerard was a collaborative effort, but either way, Gerard's not calling the plays on defense anymore anyways, right? So those are the things that, while I'm excited about it, and I'm glad they stepped kept the status quo on defense mostly. It's not like they're not guaranteed to be guaranteed to be a top five or 10 defense just because they kept the same coaches. No. And and the personnel moves are going to go into that too. Like we've been so focused on the offense here, but you know, the defense has some personnel moves to take care of. First of all is Kyle Ducker. Second of all is keeping Matt Judon around. I think here third is figuring out if you need a free safety, because that's a spot where, you know, Kyle Duggar walks, you definitely need one. If he stays, you still might want a third safety in there. Maybe you want it to be Jalen Mills. Maybe you want it to be somebody else, you know, however mm-hmm. however you want to do it. 
Um, depth at corner is going to be big. Depth at edge rusher. You know, they got to fill out that roster and do it with these new guys in mind. And I think it's going to be, you know, same style, different chefs. You know, same ingredients, different chefs, I think is kind of right. what we're going to see going forward on defense. And that means it's going to be something that tastes similar to what we've seen, but it's not going to be the same. And, and it shouldn't be. We don't want these guys trying to emulate what Bill did. We want these guys doing what they do, which what they do. They should be good at uh, if yep. coming in here. So um, I'm very, you know, I think no matter what, the offense is going to be a work in progress uh, next year. The defense, though, I'm excited to see what they do because the ingredients are very good and I want to see how they use them. Yeah, no, I agree. And so that's, you know, we'll see. And I think the offense needed to be revamped, which is what we got, right? We got a, a total revamping of the offense, the defense, again, kind of keeping status quo, but it, it's not going to be as simple as just plugging it in and continuing forward. It just isn't that way, unfortunately. Um, and so, you know, it's it'll be okay, but it's just, it's a work in progress, put it that way, right? And so, and I think that that's, we need to remember that moving forward because it's just not, we can't expect what we've been getting, right? No, and hopefully we will get what we've been getting, but we can't expect that going in with a guy who's never called plays on defense, and, you know, yeah, we got a lot of the same people there, but, like, it's not all the same. And, again, we're losing yeah. both Belichicks. And so that's, well, two okay. out of three Belichicks at least. And and I'm sure next year, no matter what, we're going to be better in some ways than we were last year because when it's different, you know, that means you're going to be better in some areas. You're going to do a couple things better. It's going to look different. And yep. there's going to be something there. And it's also, I'm sure there's going to be one or two things that this team does worse next year, whether it's in the details, whether it's personnel thing, whatever it is. And that's life in the NFL. That's life is a rebuilding team here. Um, and there's going to be, you know, there's going to be the novelty of the new things that are good. And then the reactions to the new things that are bad, that hadn't been bad before. And, uh, you know, it'll take a little bit of time where we'll see how this goes, but excited to see what happens. By the way, um, Kevin Stefanski just won head coach of the year. Yes. Yep. Yes, he did. So Kevin and and the details on that are fascinating because Stefanski uh tied in in overall points, he tied D'Amico Ryan's 165 to 165. Wasn't even close. Dan Campbell was third with 33 points. But the way they do it is they tally number uh uh first place first, first place, second place, third place. Stefanski had 21 first place vo- votes. D'Amico Ryan's had 20 first place votes. And so because I, they got the same amount, Stefanski got it over D'Amico Ryan's. I would have given that to D'Amico in a heartbeat. I, I can't don't, believe D'Amico didn't win it, to be completely honest with you. Well, and it's, I mean, if you need the tiebreaker, I don't know when they vote on this, but if they vote now-ish, the tiebreaker should be that playoff game, no? Where the Texans beat the crap out of the Browns? You would think. One would <laughs> think. it. It is I mean, only... It is only a regular season award, right? Uh, and I can, vote before that. And then. I can see the Stefanski stuff because of all the injuries, of everything yeah, they, they dealt with this people. year, and the fact that they were able to make the playoffs anyways. Just the fact that they made the playoffs is impressive. But again, you look at the Texans, and by the way, for the second year in a row, the same team won offensive and defensive rookie of the year because Stroud, of course, won it. And then Will Anderson won as well. So, yeah, sure. um, you know, Should that's Christian Gonzalez's award. Oh, man. Mike Kelly tweeted that out. And, bro, let me tell you something. I got, like, fun. I think I got, like, plus. What did I get? Like, 
plus 1600 or something like that on Gonzalez at the beginning of the year, like stupid odds, crazy odds. I'm like, this is fantastic. So I put a few dollars on that. And of course he goes down and gets hurt. And I'm like, come on, man. Like it's just right. I mean, what are you gonna do? Right. But, but I believe, I firmly believe if he had played all year, um, that he could have won it. And dad is Thad's brother. We know as an Eagles fan, he's upset that Jalen Carter didn't win it. Um, and so, you know, which I understand, but, uh, I thought Jalen Carter. Yeah, good moments. I just, I don't think the consistency was there for him. That's that's um, the thing. He had a good amount yeah. of he had a good amount of plays, and there was some push. Um, I mean, not like publicly, but there was some push on part. I listen part. I'm a big PMT guy, and PMT was pushing uh, Kalijah Kansi on um, Tampa, who had a very who had a solid he, year again. Yeah, not defensive rookie of the year, solid, but a but solid good. year, a bunch of tackle for loss and stuff like that. So um, he yeah, played yeah, well. He was as well. yeah, he did a good job there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it felt like it felt kind of wide open for defensive rookie of the year too. Like there wasn't one super standout. So yeah, Anderson, I feel like put put together a few good weeks right at the end of the year, and that's usually what wins you the award if it's close, because you know that's what sticks in everyone's mind is the end of the year. And they were and they were able to scheme around him too. I think how well he played allowed other people to do stuff. So it wasn't always showing up in the stats for him. And he was top defensive guy for a reason. Too. Yep. Like he was yep. very good coming out and very good his first year. And I think I still have some questions about how high the ceiling is, but you know, he's a high quality edge defender already for Houston. If he doesn't get any better, that's still okay. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. So, so anyways, um, so that's, so that's that with the NFL awards, of course, Patriots didn't win anything clearly, um, you know, and so that's just, it is what it is. Right. Um, maybe next year. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll, maybe whoever they draft at number three will win offensive rookie of the year the next year. You never know. You never know. Um, um, that's you got to get a little bit lucky. Who's did they announce offensive rookie? Oh, they did. Uh, was Stroud, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the other guy in that was Puka, and like, he was around for anybody to grab. So yep. uh, the Patriots could grab their offensive rookie of the year next year, and he might not even be the guy they take with the number quite three overall. That is quite true. Although I'm, I am partial to the draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and have him. You know, immediately be a top sixteen wide receiver in the NFL and be off yeah. rookie of the year. That would be nice. Well, you know what's interesting is that you know, Dad saying that he thinks it should have been Puka, and I, I think that, um, uh, you know, the, the the problem is that wide receivers don't typically win awards like that. Now, if you didn't have, like, for instance, if Bryce Young was the best quarterback, right? If if none, no other good quarterbacks were drafted, right? Mm-hmm. And Bryce Young was the guy. Well, he's not winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. So then in that case, someone else wins it, right? But, like, I feel like they always pay the difference to the the wide receiver, to the to the quarterback, right? Quarterback is the one that kind of always gets the shine first, and then it goes to the guy. Now, obviously, that's the case with MVPs. Maybe not necessarily with Offensive Rookie of the Year, but it's, you know, and, and James points out Laporta as well, and Laporta is another guy that, you know, yeah. Could have deserved it, right? And I think I think that um, Puka would have won it over over Laporta. But you know, I, I think that that's that's a situation where I look at it and say they're always going to kind of defer to the quarterback as long as you have a quarterback that plays well, good enough to deserve it. Well, not only good enough. I think Stroud had a historic rookie season. This is probably the yeah. best rookie year for a quarterback since what, like RG three, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah, probably. It's in, it's in that tier, and I think the fact that it was that good because like. You know, uh, Puka's was also historic, True. and it's you don't have those two. And I think Laporta's in the conversation. The issue for Laporta was, you know, he's like the he's got a, a gold medal worthy performance behind two 
you know, record breakers, essentially, if we're talking Olympics. It's right. just that's the way it goes sometimes. Um, I think Stroud okay. is the right pick there, even though yeah. I love Puka. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, and uh, Baker won most improved player. Uh, I'm glad that's an award. Yeah. Yes. And, and so I agree with that. I, I don't know if they've announced comeback player of the year yet. I assume it's going to be DeMar Hamlin just because it's like he died be. and then, and then is back in the NFL. He really didn't play, but like, you know, he also died on the field. So, so like, you know, it's, it's hard to argue with that. Um, and James talks about Laporta. I think when you talk about just the straight numbers of Laporta, you know, 86 catches, for almost 900 yards and 10 touchdowns. Now, Gronk had 10 touchdowns as a rookie as well, but, like, he certainly didn't have 86 catches. You know, like, he changed that offense. And so, you know, I, I do consider that a historic year for a tight end. But yeah. when you compare it to Stroud and Puka, it's, you know, it just loses out to those guys. Yeah. And, it's, you know, if you're Detroit, you got to feel really good about Laporta because yeah. that's – I, have to, I mean, I think the thing, too, for them is, like, Jameson Williams has been, I think, a little bit disappointing. Not that he's been bad, but he has right. been kind of, ju- like, he's boom or bust with everything. Every time mm-hmm. he touches the ball. Um, and he can't see the field. Or even get on get, the field, for that matter. And, and he's your first rounder. But to get Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta, what, neither were the first round pick? Right. I mean, Correct. You, you've nailed those two. Um, yeah. Which, again, I think you're a Patriots fan sitting here. And you, you look at that, and it's like, all right, you want to rebuild this offense? You make the right picks. You can fix the receiving issues this season. That is doable. Like, quarterback, I don't know. Offensive line, I'm not sure how long that's going to take. Receiver, you make the right picks. It's fixed by the end of this season. Because you already have Demario Douglas, who I think you like. And, you know, if you draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and you hit on somebody in, in, in like, the way they hit on Amon Ross St. Brown on day two, or that was early day three. I think um, you have your you have your wide receivers one, two, and three set. And yeah, I mean they, they are that team is loaded, loaded offensively. Yeah. So um, and also, I also okay, go ahead. I was gonna say I feel like they could still add something too because they could still use an X receiver in there somewhere. And I I bet we're gonna see them make a move for it because you know for as good as the offense is, it's not talent wise at the level where San Francisco is. And it's like, all right, you can add that next piece. That's how you get over the hump. And that's how, you know, the next time you play that game, it's in your own building. Correct. Yep. Uh, And then Bill O'Brien. It looks like Bill O'Brien's going to BC. That's what it sounds. That's what it sounds about. Um, And so, you know, and Billy O, of course, was going to be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. And then never actually went there. BC, once once Jeff Halfley left, uh, he became very, very quickly the number one guy, and it looks as though um, it looks as though he's going to be the office, the uh, head coach there next yeah. year. So, you know, yeah. I, I think I think that that's that's interesting to me. Um, Turn BC into no a good bra- program, maybe. Well, and a no brainer for him, an absolute yeah. no brainer for him. He yeah. turned Penn State around when it looked like that was an impossible situation that he walked into, and he turned them around pretty quickly. Um, and you know, he's got family in the area, like why not stay in the area? Right. And so that's one of the main reasons he wanted to come back. And so he yeah. gets to stay, he gets to stay in new England and, and be the head coach of a college team, which again, he crushed last time he was doing. Yeah. 
Yeah. I also think it's interesting to see, you know, Halfley leave from DC. Yeah. And from everything I've heard, you know, and this is uh, as somebody who's done stuff on the college basketball side, and here's the basketball, not just the football. I don't think this is going to be the last time we see somebody trying to get out of the college job and into the pro job because the college job is a lot more difficult now than it was five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that like I'm like as pro I'm pro NIL and I'm pro player movement. And I love what this new era has done for college athletes and what they can do. But the fact that every college athlete constantly is essentially on a one year contract at whatever their school is. And every right. single season requires re-recruiting all of your players to come back while also actively recruiting players from other schools and while recruiting incoming freshmen at a high school and you got the JUCO level and stuff for, for college and coaches right now, it is too much. It is too much on their plates. They are, you know, working crazy hours every single day of the year. At this point, there are no breaks in that schedule at any point. And you know what the, what the future of college football holds is going to be very interesting here for what it then means for the NFL development pipeline. That's totally true. It's, and one to of the things, well, that's, and like you pointed out, one of the things is that you're not just recruiting against other schools. You're also recruiting against yourself, right? Like yeah. if you have a freshman that doesn't see a path to playing in the next year or two, they might say, well, I'm going to jump ship and go somewhere else where I have a chance to play and be a mm-hmm. star right away. And you're like, no, no, buddy, pay your dues for a year. And, you know, we'll get you on the field a little bit as a sophomore. And by the time you're a junior, right, and and at, at this point, obviously, you're being redshirted maybe your freshman year. You get redshirted your freshman year. Sophomore year, you know, your redshirt freshman year, you, like, don't play a ton. And it's like, hey, that next year, you're going to be the guy. They may not want to wait. They might say, no, no, yeah. I'm out of here, dude. I can be the guy right now. And so, and you know, you have and to get paid some money to do it, too. It's, you can't blame the kid for doing it. Right, uh, right. You know, yeah. but that's that's part of the problem right now. And unfortunately, right now, it's the wild, wild west out there. Right. And I saw someone yeah. I saw somebody tweet out, which is totally true. Like, you look at what's happened to Josh Gordon in the NFL mm-hmm. and the fact that weed's now legal and you don't you know, you're not getting suspended for weed anymore. And Josh Gordon, it's like his career's over because and and there were I I understand there were a lot of more a lot more issues going on than just weed. Yes. Okay, like let's be honest about that. But ultimately, he was suspended the first time because of weed, right? So fine. And then someone else was tweeting like the, I don't know some some college kid, some college freshman I think bought like a Lamborghini, like a brand new like you know. Hundred and eighty thousand dollar Lamborghini or something stupid like that, and someone was like, "Give Reggie Bush's Heisman back." Like, yeah. I mean, it's really like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, it was illegal back then, but it's legal now, and they all doing it, and it's like you know, and there's no way to know. Okay, well, yeah, sure, it's an NIL deal, but where's that money coming from? Is that money coming from well, a booster? Is that money coming from yeah. a legitimate company? Like, you know, yeah. It's tough. Well, it's it's funny you mentioned the weed thing because Zach Eady, who is the number one player in college basketball, I think seven foot four star at Purdue, uh, was spotted at a dispensary somewhere in I'm assuming Indiana, yep. where that's where Purdue is. Uh, and somebody tweeted a picture of that, which that happens a decade ago, and that's on the front page of newspapers. That happens yep. today, and that's something that goes viral on Twitter f- for a little bit, and nobody sees other than that. Um, Interesting to see, you know, how the how the world changes. And yeah, they mentioned the Josh Gordon thing. Calvin Johnson was on a podcast this week talking about how he in his last season he had to get high before games because his body couldn't he couldn't suit up otherwise. It hurt too much. Um, 
which yeah. I also think is a little bit of a comment on how brutal it is to play football. Um, you know, it's something we should be taken seriously when we hear something like that. But also, mm-hmm. Josh Gordon's got to hear that and be like, are you kidding me? Yeah, right. And that's it's totally true. You know what I mean? And so, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I just think that, you know, it is becoming it's it's a it's a new ball game. It's a new ball game, and so we'll see how long Billy O lasts there. But um, yeah. but you know, good for him. Well, good for him. Yeah, and it's also you know, let's not act like it hasn't been this way to a degree for some point. True. People were getting now paid. It's now it's just it's everyone. So it's out in the open, and we're seeing the. Right. Uh, I I can tell you somebody who went to college that you see the cars that the basketball players are driving around. And I know a lot easy. of them came from wealthy families. Uh, yeah, but. They didn't all come from that's you know, correct. Range Rover wealthy families. I can tell you that much. <laughs> God damn it. What? God freaking. I'm telling you, man, these guys can't get it right. They cannot get it right. The Pro Football Hall of Fame clashes came out. Oh, boy. Oh, no. well, one happens. No, Rodney. One name I'm extremely happy about on there. I can't believe Rodney. Right. Read, read it for us, Pat. Julius Peppers. Good one. I like that. Dwight Freeney. Okay. Andre Johnson. Okay. Patrick Willis. Okay. Steve McMichael. Who? I don't know. Randy Gradishar. Oh, I think these might be the old the older ones. To yes. get in. Yeah. And the name I'm I'm most excited about? Devin Hester. Let's go. So Devin Hester. Belong, Devin Hester belongs on the list. In my opinion. I Rodney belongs in there before Patrick Willis gets in there. Yes, that's Rodney the one. That probably, probably belongs on there before Andre Johnson. It's close, yeah. but in my opinion, he belongs on there before Andre Johnson. And I would even argue Dwight Freeney. Like Freeney was very good for a long time, but like Rod- Rodney and Freeney are about the same level. I don't really have yeah an issue right. with either one ahead of the other. Andre Johnson played later. Patrick Willis played way later. Um, yeah. I just like I, I just don't I don't know what you want. And by the way, let's not forget, man. Didn't Patrick Willis like retire at thirty? They he retired earlier than most. He doesn't have the longevity that others do. Um, and he's like he's, great. Like he's a Hall of Famer for me, no doubt. But right, um, I don't think he's a slam dunk ahead of Rodney Harrison. Correct. Correct. And that's that's the issue. He played eight years. He played eight years. Now he finished in eight years. He finished with eight interceptions, sixteen force uh, sixteen force fumbles, twenty and a half sacks, and nine hundred and fifty tackles. I mean, that's that's exceptionally good, right? He had a hundred tackles every. He had over hundred tackles every single year except for two, his mm-hmm. last year in twenty eleven, and he was incredible. No one's saying he's not incredible. But what Rodney did statistically, he's the statistically, he's a top five safety of all time. And he's yeah. still not in the Hall of Fame. He's still not there. And I just don't understand what has to get done. And and that mentions no Antonio Gates, and that's true. Antonio Gates is not in there, which is true. But I, I'm sorry. Like there is no reason. There's no legitimate reason that Rodney Harrison's not in the Hall of Fame. Zero. Nothing. Yeah. You know, you I know, it has to change. Know. You know, it has to change. It needs to be different media people. It's got to right. be in it. I've Rodney might have to get in as one of the, like the seniors or whatever, because it might have to be, you know, 
younger journalists saying, oh, he was so good. And when people say, what about the penalties? They're young enough that they say, oh, it was a different time. Right. You know, because uh, it seems like these guys aren't aren't just aren't going to put him in. Um, yeah. There's no hate to Patrick Willis because Patrick Willis deserves to begin. He's a Hall of Fame level player. There's no doubt about that. But Correct. Oh, yes. Man. And by the way, Steve McMichael, my dad just texted me and pointed this out. I was going to look it up. Drafted by the Patriots. Um, left the Patriots after the 1980 season. Went to the Bears, beat the Bear, beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and was a first team All Pro in 1985. Um, played like nose tackle, D tackle, and you know, I mean, doesn't have 90 finishes year, finishes career with 95 sacks, pretty damn good for a defer defensive tackle, right? But um, played a long time, played all the way until 1994. So obviously a great player, and no, I'm not taking anything away from people. I'm not, I'm not saying that these guys don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. These guys are all legitimate Hall of Famers. I'm not saying that none of these guys should be in there. Yeah. What I'm saying is that there's maybe two guys on this list, maybe three, that absolutely 100% deserve to be in before Rodney Harris. And that's it. There's no excuse that he's not in. And it's and it's become a black mark on the league. In my opinion, it's become a black mark on the league. Just the fact that they can't get it right, it pisses me off. Because they don't like him. Because they don't like nope. him. They didn't like the way he nope. played. And that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I At least Devin got in. I think Devin getting in is a good... Good omen for Slater eventually, yes. who I think should do it. And Hester deserves it, you know. 100% He was – and the, that – the opening kickoff in the Super Bowl. Incredible. Was the, that was the only time in that entire game where anybody thought the Bears were going to win. That was like, oh, we might do it. And then it was pretty pretty quickly squished. Devin Hester was so good. He was so good that the Colts were willing to give them the ball at the 30 or 40-yard line every single time. They literally either kicked it out of bounds or kicked it to an up back at the 25-yard line. They were like, we are not letting him return another one at all. They literally kicked it out of bounds twice. Yep. They they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And so that to me is enough to be like, they literally said, bro, drive 30 yards and we'll give you a field goal every time. And they couldn't do it. But like, which they part of that was so the Bears of Devin Hester. Hundred percent. But they were yeah. so scared of Devin Hester. They looked at it and said, "He's the best player. He's the he's the guy who has the best chance to score a touchdown." And that's incredible. Again, my favorite fun fact from that year is that both the national championship and we've talked about this before, but both the national championship and the Super Bowl both started with a kick return for a touchdown, and both teams lost, um, which is so interesting. The other one was Ted Ginn uh, at Ohio State lost to Florida that year. Ted Ginn hurt his ankle celebrating the return touchdown and then didn't play the rest of the game. So uh, just weird, weird coincidence on that one. Yeah, that is. You texted me that the other day too. Yeah. Wow, that's – how do you know that? You know what? I don't even even know how I know it to be honest with you because I'm not even a big college football fan, but I think I remember – I think I remember when it happened. It was 07 because it was 06 season, but it was like January of 07, and I had remembered Ted Ginn returning the opening kick for touchdown. And I was like, that's so cool. I can't imagine that's ever happened before. And then it happened again in the Super Bowl the next month. And I was like, wait, what the hell? And so it's just stuck with me ever since. So, Oh, my goodness. But anyways, so look, it is what it is. And again, I'm not taking away from these guys. I'm not saying these guys don't deserve it. They all deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. They're all deserving of being in the Hall yeah. of Fame. Do the right thing and vote Rodney Harrison in the Hall of Fame. Like, just do the right thing. It, it pisses me off. And so I just, uh, you know. It is what it is, but I just, I, you know, 
Yeah. What are you going to do? So, anyways, all right, you want to take a break and then we'll, we'll talk about the Super Bowl? Yeah, let's do that. All right, let's do it. Break time and then uh, we'll go to the Super Bowl. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks. For me, it's got to be the buffalo chicken dip. That's my number one with the, with the Fritos. Come on now. And placing some super bets as well. My number one bet of the weekend, offensive lineman to score a touchdown because that's just hilarious. That would be incredible. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W, or two, or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and present in a mass. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelpMA.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it safe from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. I got a, I got a question for you here, Pat. Okay. That ad read, you say buffalo yeah. chicken dip with the Fritos? Oh, you're right, baby. Oh, yeah. Are you so? Are you saying you make the buffalo chicken dip with Fritos? No, 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 no. Scoop. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That, maybe that wasn't that wasn't clear, but I scooped the buffalo chicken dip with the Fritos. Okay. Fantastic. That I that I can get by. We're gonna have we're doing buffalo chicken dip here. We're gonna do a taco dip. Nice. Too. Nice. Yeah. Now is it a hot taco dip or a cold taco dip? That matters. Okay, Although good. I'm I'm thinking about getting both. Uh, cause I got a, I got a, I got a recipe for a taco dip. that's like, you know, the ground beef and cheese and all that. But yeah, one yeah. of my friends who's a vegetarian is coming over and Costco makes like a seven layer dip, which is like everything but the ground beef, which you. is their seven layer dip is unbelievable. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't, I'll tell you what, I haven't James, told I'm... my girlfriend yet that we may be making an adventure over to Costco on a Saturday I, to go get seven layer dip. We'll see if she's adventure. excited about that, but adventure, you know what I mean? And then we got it. You got to throw in the Papa Bear seasoning. Come on now. Yes, it's my dad's. Yes, Papa That's Bear right. seasoning. Papa Papa Bear Spice I should know that website off the top of my oh, head. God, but yeah, um, James, I'm not on commission. As a matter of fact, I'm so not on commission with Fritos that I prefer the uh, the quote unquote Fritos from uh, from Trader Joe's. So I don't actually eat it with Fritos. I eat it with the, with the Trader Joe's Fritos because I think those are better. But I'll try them. Uh, by the way. If you want to hear the most Patriots thing of all time, and this just explains the Patriots before Kraft and Belichick got here to a T, to a T, okay? Steve McMichael, who, as we mentioned, is now in the Hall of Fame, okay? <laughs> Steve McMichael, after his first year with the Patriots, only played six games, okay? Had only five tackles. I believe he was um, he was a later round pick. He was... Um, where the heck was he in the third round? So third round pick, not like super late, but a third round pick. Now a hall of famer is a college football hall of famer was cut by the Patriots before his second season and just went on to be a 
Hall of Fame player. No big deal. So not ideal. Not, not he gave up after him for the one year. So yeah, uh, that's just you know. Yeah. By the way, um, oh, also he has. Just, I didn't. I didn't realize this, but he has ALS. I didn't know that. Oh wow! So he was diagnosed in 2021. We'll get to get him in now. And I'll tell you, man, in 1984 is what he said in Chicago. Here you go. Thank God New England got rid of me. Some teams, they want you to have a certain image. Other teams like this one, they just want you to get down and dirty. I'm really proud to be a Bear. The Patriots, yeah, they thought I was a little weird, and I guess I am. But here they don't care as long as you play hard. The town, the coach, the team is Steve McMichael. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yikes. That's, yep. <laughs> pre-craft, pre-build. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pre-Brady. Yep. So uh, Fox just tweeted out a list of some of the guys who are Hall of Fame eligible for next year. They got five okay. guys here. You want to just give me a quick yes or no on if you think they end up getting in at some point? Got it. Let's hear it. The first one, Eli Manning. No, not first ballot. He deserves to be in no, the Hall I mean of Fame. Not first ballot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, actually, I don't have an issue with Eli in the Hall of Fame, honestly. I don't think he deserves He deserves it for the same reason that like Joe Namath deserves it. 100%. Get it, that's yeah. the most that is the the biggest upset in the history of the of the Super Bowl. He won MVP that game. He drove they were losing and he drove down to win the game. And the helmet catch obviously is a great catch. It's an unbelievable play by him as well. So like he beat Brady twice in the Super Bowl. That's all you need to know. He beat Brady twice in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yep. And uh and he was like a good quarterback too. He wasn't yeah. like he was you know, consistent. He was kind of consistently in like the top half of the league, but never right. like a top five guy yeah um, yeah exactly so i know i do think he gets in and i'm okay with it next one's luke keekley yes yeah i think so eventually yeah. i don't i see i just if, feel like patrick willis because he's current and patrick willis is pretty current too and i feel like patrick willis i think willis is a first ballot although he might be close to a first ballot at this point um i'd have to look back and see how long he's been retired but i wouldn't be surprised if keekley makes it in fairly quickly um just because of what he's done, right, and uh, and the fact that you know, oh well, you know, he's a, he w- he was a phenomenal player again, retired, um, young. He only played seven years, uh, um, yeah. but and yeah, Patrick Willis is not a first ballot Hall of Famer, so so it might take Keekly a few years, but I wouldn't be surprised. He'll get in. By the way, while we're doing this, James asked bigger upset than the first Pats win, the Giants won. It isn't by betting line. The, the Gi- line it isn't. No, Giants Patriots was twelve and a half. I just looked this up, and Patriots Rams was fourteen points. I believe the, and then I believe the only one bigger than those two was Jets Colts in Super yeah. Bowl three. I, so I believe that it is only because they were nine and seven. The Patriots were sixteen and zero, like they were but sixteen the, and zero. But the Giants also played the Patriots close in the regular season, too. I think it... And the Patriots played the Rams close in the regular season. But the Giant, the, the Patriots played that game. It was, that was the 0-1-1 wasn't as close as the Patriots. They Giants lost won. by like 10 points. It was yeah, pretty the, close. It, pretty sure. 0-1? 1 was 7 points. It was 24-17. to and So 7 in, points. Yeah, and... Past the Giants regular season was three. It was 38-35. I mean, I understand that, but I, I'm not – I'm yeah. saying, like, the Patriots played the Rams close and kept them, like, 
24 oh, points yeah. isn't a ton. Of, no, you know what I mean? Like it's not. They it's were not they as were they got blown out. You know what I mean? No, no, they were both close. It's just if we're doing if we're getting right now, we're getting into the minutia of a couple. Correct. Points. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a difference in the line. Um, yeah, but yeah. All right, back to the back to the Hall of Fame. Marshawn Lynch. Uh, I feel like I don't think his play will necessarily get him in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he was good enough for long enough. But people love Marshawn Lynch. They love Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. And he is – he's an interesting guy. Now, he only yeah. made the Pro Bowl, what, five times? Was an All-Pro once. Like, you know, he was a good player for a long yeah. time. But I just – I just don't know if – if that's enough to get him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be, I think his, his game is like, ju- like he might be the best player in the Hall, best running back in the Hall of very good. Yeah. Because um, he's just, you know, it's like, it's like he just missed on a couple, like he has the awesome Beast Quake game, but it was a yeah, Seattle support. team that didn't do anything after that, um, which I obviously, you know, shouldn't be held against him too much because he was, he was really good and he had that moment, but, you know. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, he's most known in 2014 for being the guy who didn't get the ball at the end of the game. You know, if he runs in a game-winning touchdown in, in Super Bowl 49, we're probably having a different conversation right now, but he didn't. That's correct. Um, Those first and, four years in Seattle were incredible, by the way. Yeah. Incredible. He's so good. And I think yeah. the media stuff, um, like I think he's, I think a lot of people like him. I think enough people dislike him. Not to counteract that, but it's like, you know, if it's, if you got to get, an A minus to get into the Hall of Fame. He's going to be like a B plus for personality yeah. and a B plus for play and a B plus for moments. And it's right. like he's just short on all of them. If you combine them, it might be an A, but because he doesn't cross that threshold on any of them, I feel like he's going to come up just short. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, those first four years, right? 1204 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns. 1590 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns, 1257 and 12 touchdowns, 1306 and 13 touchdowns. And by the way, 12 and 13 in 2013 and 2014 led the NFL. So like he just, he was dominant. He was a dominant player, but that's a four-year stretch. Like that's not, that's not long enough. He was very good on Buffalo, but that's a four-year stretch. It's not long enough in my opinion. So I I think, I think ultimately no. Yeah. Uh, Next one. Outside linebacker from Green Bay, Clay Matthews. I, I think he'll probably end up getting in. I don't know how much he deserves it. It's funny because I, I I wonder. I'm like, what were his numbers like? You know. And so you, if you look it up, right? And he had, I mean, he finished with, one, uh, finished his career with with 91 sacks. He had one, two, three, four years over 10 sacks. That's not a Hall of Famer. Sorry, that's not a Hall of Famer. Like it's not. Good player, really good player, but yeah. like and he, he was a pass six, rusher. He finished six, his career with, you know, yeah. And it's you know, six Pro Bowls, one All Pro. He has the Defensive Player of the Year, right? Which that one year, it. and that, that was it was also that was the, second. That was his second season. That was the other yeah, one. The Super they, Bowl. yeah, and that's that's the thing that might help him out is that he won Defensive Player of the Year the year that they won the Super Bowl. That might be a kind of. That right. might get him over the edge. Feather in his cap I for sure. He, he might he might get in uh, like you know one of the one of the later ballots. Uh, he's close. And we got the last one here. And this is I think my favorite kicker, Adam Vinatieri. Wow. 
If Adam Vinatieri isn't in next year, next year we riot. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the greatest kicker of all time. He's got he's got all the numbers. And I know Justin Tucker is fantastic. He's a great kicker too. But what Adam did in the biggest moments on the biggest stages will never be topped by another kicker ever, ever. And so he belongs in the Hall of Fame. He probably won't get in his first year because that just won't happen with a kicker. He will be in. He deserves to be in. He's the best kicker of all time. Um, you know, and it's just you go back to 2006 and it's like, you know, they won. Didn't they win a playoff game like 15 to nine or something like that where they kicked all field goals? And they just like, yeah. that's, you know, so you look at it and just think like if they have Vanderchoke still and they don't have Vinatieri, they don't even make it to that Super Bowl. Never mind win. Yeah. So. I, by the way, I uh, I had no idea because I so a little context here. I young as a Patriots fan, oh three oh four. So my only like real memories of those years, for the most part, are yeah. um, of watching them on like the Super Bowl DVDs. Right. And when they talk about the 04 season that starts with Mike Vanderjag missing a field goal to win, all yeah. they do is call him the outspoken Colts kicker. It's true. And as a kid, I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> and then later on, as an adult, I'm on the Wikipedia and I happen to look him up to be like, oh, what did, what did this guy do? Yep. You find out, yeah, he's just talking trash for yep. no reason. Absolutely. Lunacy. Lunacy. Like, well, what is this dude up to? Yep. Yep. So anyways, that's, um, the, uh, yeah, that's but, the story there. I, I think, I mean, Vinatieri should be in. Yeah, 100%. And, and again, like I said, he probably won't be in first ballot, but he 100% yeah. deserves to be in. Well, and like, it's not, he's not the best kicker ever. Uh, he just is statistically no. right, but he has he has two yeah. things. He's got longevity, and he's incredibly important to the history of the NFL. Just like how with Eli, like you can't tell the story of the last two decades of the NFL without his name being brought up uh, yep. in an important way. You can't tell the story of the most successful dynasty in the history of this sport without Adam Vinatieri being a mm -hmm. key key part of it. And yep. for that reason alone, I mean, I think it's hard to leave him out yeah true i agree i agree so all right um super bowl yeah let's get in the super bowl let's get in the super bowl so um obviously chiefs niners who you got man who you got well actually you want you want to do favorite prop bets first because i got some i got a few prop bets that that are really fun um but we can, we can oh, talk about we can talk are about. Are we prop supposed bets to pick prop to bets? Because I did not pick them. I can. No, no, no. no. We, you don't have to. I'm just. I'm in a okay. little prop bet challenge, and they had a few okay. that I was like, "Ooh, I hadn't. I hadn't seen that one before. Okay. That's really interesting." Let's so do, let's do let's do the prop bets first, and we'll, we'll make people wait and stick around for. Okay, I like it. I like it. So here's a really cool prop bet that I haven't seen anywhere, and I'm sure it's somewhere out there. Okay, first touchdown. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jersey number over 22 and a half. Oh, I love this one. That's um, so cool. How cool yeah, is that, there's, man? So, so there's, I'll just, I'll, I'll probably tweet it out at some point or whatever, but there's some dude who makes prop betting sheets every year for this. I don't yeah. know if, you, if anybody's ever done, I don't know if you've done this, Pat, but like I'm I doing do a prop betting friends. This is what, yeah, my buddy's made a prop betting sheet, sheet and that was on it. And I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. I hadn't seen that one before. Because, yeah, it's on the prop betting sheet I do at the Super Bowl every year, the jersey number. And there's uh, there's one I know out there where the guy does it. He makes it every year. There's a QR code you can scan that brings you to the answers. I just print them out and do it with my buddies, and we do it during the game. So, um, cool. so I've been betting this one for like a decade now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think because it's who goes into the end zone. Correct. So it's not so, – so 
if it was one of the quarterbacks, it'd have to be running. Yeah. But then you look at the wide receivers, you think, okay, Rasheed Rice. Four. MVS. Under. I don't remember what his number is. 19 11? or whatever it is. But yeah, but he's uh, under, right? Pacheco. Under. That for the Chiefs, right? Those those guys yeah. are under. Everyone else is Kel- over. But the most popular target is Kelsey. It's Kelsey. And That's what over. I'm saying, right? That's what I'm saying. Now on San Fran, you have Debo, you have Ayuk. Under. under. Right? Purdy, obviously, right? If he decides to do something. And then under and no, 22 and a half. That's what makes it interesting. Is that doesn't McCaffrey it, where is he 23? 23 was 23. I forgot. So I thought he was 23. And no, in, so that's what makes it interesting. Is that you're like, well, there's a lot of interesting options under 22 and a half so, that you're like, so it's the two most popular options are probably going to be Kelsey and McCaffrey. You kind of have Kittle. to go over, yeah, right. Yeah, it's basically you're basically betting will the first touchdown be by McCaffrey, Kittle, or um, Kelsey, or the field? I'll take right. the field. I'll take the under. Okay, I like it. I like it. I think I'm going to go over on that one. The coin toss, by the way, everyone understands, right? I hope you understand that Slaters call heads. That means Patriots fans call heads. If you're picking yeah. the coin toss, you're picking heads. And don't and be, believe, don't be a schmuck and pick tails. Pick heads. Did, I believe I actually saw some research somewhere recently that suggested coin tosses aren't a true 50 50 and there is a slight bias too there's like a tiny 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 bias towards i think which whichever side is up when you flip it i think you're right i think you're right about it's that it's tiny it's like 51 49 type of thing but yeah um, not even it's like yeah, probably 50.000001 yeah you know what yeah. i mean 49.9999999 yeah. right so but i'll take but, yeah i'll take heads i also think too that it depends on so like I, I remember. So I teach, I teach math, obviously, and I remember the 2016 Super Bowl, and um, Slater called heads, and it went tails. So they lost the they lost the coin toss. Okay, at the beginning of the at the beginning of the game. So the second time rolls around, and I'm like, listen, consecutive probability says that the probability of, of flipping a coin twice and getting the same thing is actually one out of four. Because you have four chances, right? And so, therefore, you have a better chance of getting heads the second time you flip the coin. Now, obviously, it doesn't work out that way. But technically, that's what it was. And so I said, freaking go with heads. And he went with heads again, and they and they got it. So, uh, And by the way, Thad just mentioned it, but I did see it pop up on my thing. DeMar Hamlin did not win Comeback Player of the Year. It was Joe Flacco, which, which by the way, I think is the right decision. I think Joe Flacco winning is the right decision. Yeah. He came off the couch. He played fantastic. Demar Hamlin, obviously, great story. But it, you feel like it kind of cheapens. It kind of cheapens it Does a little it, bit. Isn't the entire point of the award for people like coming back from injury or whatever? Like I don't. Yes, but but Demar Hamlin played in like one game. Maybe I thought, like, he, I thought he played. He played special teams. I think just not as much. Defense. Maybe he was the court. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. But I don't know. Um, I just I looked at it and just thought, like you know, Demar yeah. Hamlin's just no. not, you know, whatever. I do, he, and it's fine. I, one thing, but yeah, one thing I do wonder. It seems like Demar has kind of shied away from the attention around it, which I get. Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't want to think about that day. He doesn't like being reminded of it. So I do wonder if maybe he didn't want the award and that possible. was made known behind the scenes. Uh, By the way, he played in, he played in, in uh, five games. Was it really only five? Yeah. Because yep. he was you know, on their special teams in the playoffs. So, um, obviously, infamously on their special teams in that game against yeah. the Chiefs with the fake punt. Um, 
but yeah. yeah, I'm a little I'm a little shocked that was Flacco to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and TJ, I'm not sure how you're not seeing the chat. I'm not sure. There's two YouTube channels. That's why. Oh yes, two different that's chats. So, Got yeah. it. Bingo. Yeah. Okay. Yep. There's our there's our oh, our Pat Nation Network TJ channel. TJ must and be looking on CNS. ours, and we love you, TJ. Thank you very much for for watching on our stream. We appreciate that. Uh, most are on the. I think most are on the CLNS one. Most are on the CLNS one. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. what I would think. So that's why. Um, yes, we see all the chats in our thing, but he may not see. He only sees the one that he's in. So mm-hmm. um, let's see. Other one was a two point play, either a safety or a conversion. That that was fascinating. That was an interesting one. Either yes or no, of course. Um, I feel like I want to go yes on that. I don't know. Why not? I'll go. Yeah, yes. what the heck, right? You know what I mean? Longest successful field goal over 40 and a half yards. Yes. I would say yes, right? 40 and a half is pretty small. Mm. Well, only well, here's the thing. Uh Jake Moody has been a little inconsistent for the 49ers. True. That does I mean, make me a little bit. But I'll still go. I'll still go over. Yeah. I'll still I'll take that. Yeah. Um missed extra point by either kicker. You know, I'm like, eh. Total sacks over four and a half. That's an interesting one. Total sacks overall in the game. Mahomes has been sacked, what, once in the playoffs? Maybe twice? He hadn't been sacked before the Ravens game. I know that. He might have been sacked twice in the Ravens game. If there's going to be sack, I think it's going to be of Purdy, not of Mahomes, even though Joe Tooney is probably out. Yeah. Um, So four and a half? I don't know. I'll take – I think I'll take the under. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh. Will Travis, will Taylor Swift be wearing a Kelsey top, whether it's a jersey, a jacket, or some sort of shirt or something that what has Travis Kelsey on it? Will Taylor Swift be wearing something with like Travis Kelsey on it? Obviously, I don't know. He hasn't in every game. It's the Super Bowl. I would say yes. I would say yes. You kind of <laughs> have to say yes on that one, right? So, uh, and then two oh, more. Go ahead. Before go we ahead. get to that. The the voting for the comeback player of the year, Demar Hamlin got more first place votes than Joe Flacco. Really? And Flacco, yeah. Flacco got more point got more overall. Yes. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. It was and it wasn't close. It was twenty one to thirteen for first really? place. Yeah. But then so, Flacco so the got twenty six second place votes. Yeah, so the people that didn't vote for Hamlin at first yeah. like for first place didn't vote for him at all. That's interesting. Or voted for there's he got a lot of votes for third. It was 21, 7, 14 was his split. So ever it seems like everybody was either he's definitely the comeback player of the year or he deserves a vote, but he isn't because he didn't play that much. Right. I get um, it. Okay. Well, that's, I think that I think that kind of makes sense. I think that kind of makes sense. I get but, it, but that's uh a little weird on that one. I agree. I agree. Um all right, two more. No, three more. Total combined punts over seven and a half. That's a lot of punts. It is a lot of punts. But for both for teams. Both now, of these defenses. I'm I, I'm gonna take the under because okay. I do think I think we get some turnovers in there too. Okay. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um total combined touchdowns over five and a half. Over. Okay. All right. And the last one. Is the team to score last wins the game? Yes or no? I'm going to say no. It's an interesting one. That's an interesting one, right? Because it's either you're up and you 
increase your lead, right? Or you're down and you take and you score to win the game, right? And so uh, that's interesting. But if you say no, that's fascinating. Did you say no or yes? I said no because I, I think no. so. I, and we can start talking about the prediction. But uh, I, while I think these two teams are very close, I kind of feel like one team will get out to a double-digit point lead, and then the other team will try to try and fail to make a comeback. Yeah. So we might see, you know, a game that's twenty-one to ten, and a team scores a, a touchdown. And with two minutes left and doesn't get the onside kick type of thing. Right, right. Yeah, and yeah. that could be a two-point conversion there. 21 to 10, they go for two. Yeah. Right, get it. 21-18 final for the Super Bowl. 21-18. It's interesting. It's an interesting one. Um, so I have, I think one of my squares is like 2-5. But I have four and one in one of them, which is good. So we'll see. We'll see. So, all right. We've waited long enough. Prediction time. And then we'll do our This Week in Sports History and get the heck out of here. Yeah. What do you Am got? Going first? Who do you got? Um, you going first, baby. I hate to everyone say it, but I'm going to Everyone should know who I'm picking already. Yeah. I'm taking the Chiefs here, and I don't like it. Um, but these teams are kind of trending in different directions. You know, you had the 49ers defensive coordinator calling out effort after the NFC Championship game. And meanwhile, you know, the... Basically, all of the holes with the Chiefs during the regular season seem to have been mostly fixed. Uh, the offense is playing a lot better now that they know who their receivers are and who they can depend on. And Rasheed Rice has kind of come into his own. And Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones, you know, took their game up like two notches now that we're into the playoffs. And they were clearly coasting a bit in the regular season. And yeah. the biggest issue, I mean, like the Chiefs have had issues on the ground with that run defense. Um, Chris Jones deciding that he's going to care about the run now, I think, helps them a ton there and then you go on the other side of the field and it's a 49ers front that has not done great against the run in these playoffs and i won't be shocked if you know we see the chiefs run the ball pretty well in this game and control the clock and it's a low scoring game maybe but maybe they gash some runs i don't know but i do think the chiefs end up doing it i'm there rooting for the niners but i i think the chiefs end up doing it yeah there you go all right that skywalker's got niners in a blowout 31 13 and your dad has the Niners 27-25. That's an interesting I one. I like it. So is that a two-point conversion to try to tie it that they don't get? Wouldn't that be fascinating? That'd be wild. I like that. I like that. Um, all right. And I'm going to go with Chiefs. I told you this already, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. I've been telling you. I'm picking the Chiefs. Why am I picking the Chiefs? I'm picking the Chiefs because I, I don't – I desperately want the Chiefs to lose. But I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And either way, I'm going to be happy at the end of the day, right? Either the Chiefs are going to win, and I'm going to win money, and I'll be pissed if they won, but whatever, I'll win money. Or the Chiefs are going to lose, and I'll be happy they lost. And I don't care about losing money. So, yeah. Uh, so either way, I'm going to end my night happy on Sunday. And so I'm picking the Chiefs. I recommend all of you to pick the Chiefs as well, because. Mm -hmm. God dang it. Losing and losing your bet just isn't fun. Just don't – you yeah. don't have necessarily skin in the game. It's not like the Patriots are playing. Just bet the Chiefs and don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, you want to know what bet I thought was interesting? I was there earlier this week. I was listening to the Ringer, one of the Ringer podcasts. I think it was Ben Solak who brought it up. Okay. And they were talking about what are the odds that the MVP of this year's Super Bowl is a running back. Because if it's the Niners, I think Christian McCaffrey getting it obviously is a very realistic possibility. And 
if it's Kansas City, and let's say this turns into a low-scoring game, yeah, uh, it's a 49ers run defense that's been tough. If Isaiah Pacheco, you know, runs for 150 yards with two touchdowns, Quite and true. Mahomes throws one touchdown, um, you know, Pacheco could get it. He's a good enough player in a situation like this that I could totally see him doing it. So I think it's at plus money. I, if you want to bet a little money on that as a side thing for one of those guys to get it, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a really really good point. Pacheco was a guy that I could certainly see um, winning it, especially if he does something. I mean, look at Sony Michelle. No, Sony Michelle didn't win it. Obviously, Julian Allen won it, but him and Rex were were rotating back and forth. Right, Rex had that long run. In the fourth yeah. quarter, if Sony just happens to be in the game, I mean, Rex didn't do anything special in that. He just ran through a wide open hole. Yeah. If Sony happens to be in the game in that situation and picks up that 30 yards, he ends up with like 115 yards rushing and the game's only touchdown. He wins MVP, right? And so yeah. I could certainly see a situation where Pacheco, you know, kind of sneaks in and wins it. So Mahomes well, maybe this- has an up and down game and. Well, you know, and they might—they might just, you know, it, this is a 49ers defense that's good in coverage. They're good at They're going to make you check it down. I think a ton. I don't see. I, I think if the Chiefs are getting big plays, it's going to be on the ground. That's going to be how they're going to have to get it. Um. So yeah, no, I I think that's that's an interesting thing. I like to it. About. I like it. Good and like you said, plus money. It's good money there. You throw a few bucks on him to win MVP and yeah, and if you, you, know, you win some money if he if he wins. And, what are you gonna do? Bet on Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is like it's probably like minus one twenty. Like, what are you what are you gonna do with that? And you that's know? no fun. I think one I, of the fun parts about like betting during a game like this too is throwing little amounts of money that could win big and exactly. just sprinkling it around and it gives you something fun, a, a mini game to root for during the game. Exactly. Just like just like and I mentioned this already. I actually mentioned this in the ad. Uh, offensive lineman touchdown. Come on. Come on. That's that would fun. be legendary. An offensive lineman touchdown would be fantastic. Well, we know so. and we know. You know, Andy Reid has some weird stuff dialed up. He always does. Teams do right. Both these teams do weird stuff every now and again. So you never know. You never know. So yeah. But I like I like DJ said in the chat here about Kyle Shanahan. He deserves it. He looks exhausted and stressed. He does. I think. I mean, I think Kyle Shanahan could have been in the conversation for Coach of the Year this year. I think it's kind of. I think if you look at what the Forty Niners offense did, in no coaches involved. Like no players and no coaches are winning awards for what they did this year. I think is kind of wild. Um, I know. I and agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Kyle Shanahan has done a fantastic job. He's been there before. Narrative wise, I hope the 49ers get it because I think yeah. he. I, it's fun if Brock does it. Kyle Shanahan finally getting one after being such a good coach for all this long, getting over the hump. Would be awesome. It's yeah, fun. Yeah. Getting revenge for the Super Bowl a couple of years ago between these teams, I think it's it's more interesting when they split them, especially because these teams might be back again in the near future. And I like the idea that all right, it's an even fight. I think that's more more fun. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So, yeah. so we'll see. Anyways, and and look, the last time the Chiefs beat the Niners in the Super Bowl, uh, the world ended a year uh, a month later. So maybe if the if the Forty Niners beat the Chiefs, things might end up differently. Um, so, anyways. All right, you want to get into – you have a trivia question lined up? I do. I got a quick All right, one. Here. So let's do trivia, and then we'll do this weekend's post history, and we'll get the heck out of here. Yeah, no trivia last week since we didn't do a Thursday show. Our last trivia was end of January, and the question uh, 
about which Patriot wore the number 25 in his first stint with the team, who later went on to win three Super Bowls with the team. That was Patrick Chung. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have two winners written down here. I think we'll just put it because you got texted one of them. The other one put it in the chat. I did. That's um, true. Yep. So his dad got it there, and Thad Skywalker got that one a couple weeks ago. Today's we're going to keep this super simple. I think everybody's going to be able to get this one. So whoever can get it first, you know, jump on it. Against which Steelers quarterback did Rodney Harrison return an interception for a touchdown to help the Patriots advance in the playoffs? Love it. Love it. Yeah. That's a good one. Got to, got to do a Rodney one in a Hall of Fame day. Yeah, why not? Right? Why not? I like it. Yeah. So yeah, it's unfortunate. Steelers quarterback. It's unfortunate that he's no not in the Hall of Fame yet. He should be. It's unfortunate yeah. he isn't. But what are you going to do? So, all right. Uh, hold on. Here we go. Ready. And now for something we think you'll really like. This week in sports history. All right. Uh, this week in sports history. Would you like to go first, sir? Or you want me to go first? I can go first because I no, actually I haven't. I just read this. This is from my page today calendar because I had Love it. today's page earlier. Uh, this is a wild one. Let me tell you this, Pat. You're not going to see it. what's going on here. Oh, boy. February 8th, 1983. And there's a, for the, there's a visual with this one. I'll throw okay. up for okay. you know, all the people. So that is the picture. Ooh, okay. With all it. Right. So you're assuming we're, this is a horse race question, correct? But it isn't. Two masked gunmen kidnap oh, Irish racehorse Shergar from the ba- <laughs> Ballymany Stud in con- County Kildare, Ireland. Shergar won the 1981 Epsom Derby by 10 lengths and was named European Horse of the Year. The kidnappers forced James Fitzgerald, Shergar's groom, to load the horse into a double horse box. The abductors demand $3 million in ransom for a horse valued at about $18 million. The horse's multiple owners refuse the criminal's ransom demands. Authorities are never able to identify the culprits, and the location of the horse's remains is still a mystery. What? Yeah. That's wild. That is wild. Yeah. I like it. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Mine is also from February 8th. This one is 1936. It was the first NFL draft, the very first Ooh. NFL draft. And the first pick was owned by the Philadelphia Eagles, who drafted halfback Jay Burwunger. And you're like, that's interesting. I've never heard of Jay Burwunger. And maybe I pronounced, I pronounced his name wrong, so maybe that's why you haven't heard of him. But also, he never played in the NFL. He, he, uh, he had a dispute with the Eagles. He wanted to be paid $1,000 per game. They mm-hmm. said, nope, get the hell out of here. They traded his negotiating rights to the Chicago Bears for a tackle, Art Buss, it looks like. He chose not to sign with the Bears because he was training for the decathlon in the 1936 Summer Olympics, which he did not qualify for. Then he went back to the Bears. (laughs) He went back to the Bears, and they said, yeah, no, we can't figure it out. And so uh, Berwinger requested $15,000. Howis offered him $13,000. Thousand five hundred dollars. He said no, so he took a job with the Chicago Rubber Company and became a part-time coach at the University of Chicago. I and love so, those old-timey stories. What an outrageous! He later expressed regret that he didn't accept House's offer. Oh, you think? Like, what do you mean, dude? Oh my goodness! 
So yeah. So there you go. So how about that? Yeah. Is that a is that a wrap? Is that a show? That's a show. That is a show. A few good ones by James about Paul Brown agreeing to coach the new American Football Expansion Team Conference, uh, American Football Team. Um, that of course became the Cleveland Browns, named after him. So. So anyways, that's the show. Enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll be back Monday night, obviously recapping the Super Bowl, but also also going over Mock Draft 2.0 oh from our guy Forgot Matt St. Jean. Oh, man, I got to get to writing. That is <laughs> not done yet. Better <laughs> get that thing that out was, there, brother. I know what my Friday night looks like. It's going to be writing a Mock Draft. <laughs> I'm going to pour myself a nice glass of whiskey and write a Mock Draft. Love it. Absolutely love yeah. it. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Uh, hopefully, you guys win a ton of bets, hit some squares, and you know and, we'll come uh, back a little bit dri- richer. Drive, drive safe too this weekend. That's correct. If you're driving anywhere, drive safe. Uh, it's a tough. Drive it's somewhere. always a tough night for everyone. So, yes. if you're driving somewhere, drive safe. Yeah. So, anyways, love you guys. Thank you, and we'll uh, we'll see you on Monday.